And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Oh, I want to talk about Cain Velasquez. Come on. <laughs> I, think I have to. I think you're in luck today because we've got the biggest WWE dork in the business, Mr. Uh, Podcast Dave right here. He's a huge WWE fan. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. Oh, <laughs> yep. Hey, you know, I, I, you know, I look at this, and I was shocked that he came out. You know, when he did, he came out with Rey Mysterio. That was kind of cool because it was the whole beatdown of Rey Mysterio. Cool. And the fact that they brought him out and did that whole thing with Brock, and I'm like, fucking A, man. He signed with the WD. That's awesome because he's been doing just an incredible job with his, uh, you know, the, the I think it's Triple A, Mexican Lucha Libre wrestling and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then I hear he didn't really sign. I'm yeah. shocked. And I'm like, it kind of doesn't make sense. Why yeah. would the WWE bring him out Put him on stage against their, you know, star, and have him do like the beat down, make Brock run, run away like he's afraid. When we all know, really, he is. If it came down to Kane, I'm just gonna be yeah. honest. Uh. <laughs> and uh, I was, I was shocked when he came out saying, "No, I haven't signed yet." Well, they're the playing the whole Latino card because uh, Rey Mysterio got his ass kicked by Brock Lesnar two weeks ago on Monday Night Raw. And yeah, then, yeah, uh, I heard that. And then, so now they're See, playing. Even a non-wrestling nerd like me. <laughs> so they're playing the angle now that um, that Kane's the godson to Rey Mysterio's kid, uh, the goddad <laughs> to Rey Mysterio's kid. So that's the angle is that he came out to support his Latino friend, who he's the godfather to his son, and now he's gonna basically. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna sign. The reports are is that he's either close to or has signed, um, but there's a deal being reached. So, so when I talked to D, when I talked to Dave about this, he was saying though too that Fox is making a big push because they want to start pushing SmackDown to Fox, right? Yeah, it's so on Fox. Kane coming in and doing that. Kane has a relationship with Fox, obviously, given that you know he was one of the biggest pay per view or not pay per view, but uh, Fox draws the very first one, even though he didn't uh, win that fight. But it was still that was yes, a huge, I remember that fight. huge, huge fight. You know? So, oh yeah. And so Friday um, night was the, the, the premiere on Fox for SmackDown. So they had The Rock there. They had The Undertaker there. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, no, sorry, The Undertaker wasn't there. But they had Kane on. Brock was yeah. there. Brock won the title on Friday night, actually, as yeah. well. So um, there was a bunch of big, big things that happened. And then the there. other thing, too, is it was here in San Jose. Is what Got it. Yeah, so yeah, that so makes that, sense. That makes perfect sense. Kane's yeah. here local, plus Brock yeah. being in town. I, I think they've had this kind of plan for a while, given the fact that San Jose, around the time of doing the Fox deal, Kane not no longer really fighting, you know, and uh, doing the what I always call it the Nacho Libre thing, where you know, you're <laughs> spinning in the air Nacho! and, and uh, doing his thing. But man, does he he in the what's it called Lucha Libre? Yeah. In that in the Lucha Libre, he looked phenomenal, man. And a guy that he big, looks great. What what's the move you call it? I want to see if it's the same way Dave calls the move because I don't think I don't know what it is. What's the move you call it? Yesterday when he did, when Kane did the jump. Oh, on the, the move, the Huracarana. Yeah. Is it called the Huracarana? Yeah. Huracarana. Dude, he knew it. He knew it. Fucking air, no, man. Come on, baby. A guy who's 250 jumping in the air like. Hey, seriously. And you look at, you can see Rey Mysterio is the guy that, you know, brought a lot of the Lucha Libre wrestling to WWE. And you can see how small he really is when he's standing next to Kane. 
because most guys that are doing all of those types of maneuvers, yeah. they're 160. They're athletic guys, but they're yeah. just not big guys because, man, you could really hurt someone with some of those maneuvers, and they've got to go with it. And to have a guy as big as Kane, 250, 45, 50 pounds, doing those maneuvers, it just shows how athletic he is. I don't want him to get hurt. No. You know, it's uh, he's taking a chance with it. But goddamn, he's good at it. So you know, he knows what he's he knows what he's doing. He's someone that has always been able to just after repetition, repetition. He's somebody that also turn. I feel like he learns by repetition. You know, he didn't he didn't used to throw head kicks and and then he hurt his hand, broke his hand, in one of his fights. And K and Javier used to tell him, "Okay, a thousand kicks right leg, thousand kicks left leg, and you got to get it done in the two hours of training that we have." So he'd be out there. He'd be out there for the whole two hours just throwing right leg a 1,000 kicks, left leg a 1,000 kicks. I'm like, man, this, that's someone who's just dedicated to what he does, and so that lets you know anyone that puts their mind to it. If he puts his mind to it, he's going to get it done. And he's put in the work, obviously. I mean, for him to be able to do the, the, the moves that he was able to do in the Nacho Libre uh, stuff, then to me, I think, I think WWE is, is a prime spot for him, especially for them. It's name recognition with um, – Against Brock, and then any of the other guys that want to come over from W or from uh, pro, from MMA, it kind of just works them right in. You know, you Kobe's know? Well, talked that, about it as well. Ah, you look at Kobe's got the mouth for him. <laughs> yeah, he, he's definitely got the shtick down. He's got the heel, just absolutely dialed in. Yeah. But I don't think he's got that. Uh, I don't know. He again, you if you're a smaller guy, you have to be a gymnast. Yeah, to be good in professional wrestling, you have got to have all of these flips down and all the ability to take, you know, going off of very high things onto things that kind of help break your fall. But trust me, it hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're taking big falls. The thing that I look at is the guy who's the geek master of professional wrestling is your boy DC. Yeah, and now I could see where DC makes the crossover because he says this is his last fight coming up. And he makes the crossover, and he becomes tag team partners with Kane. Yep. Come on. That's awesome. <clears throat> I mean, I can completely, see, I can totally see that happening, and I can also see King Mo jumping in there as well because he's another geek. King Mo would be, but he got, you know, man, he's losing a lot of weight. Uh, he is. He is. He is I, you know, seeing him in, uh, in you know, Temecula, I mean, I'm looking, I said, dude, you got to eat. Yeah. You know he's he's got he's got the one disease going and he says I'm eating John. You know, just, yeah. He's just sucking down. You know he looks physically he looks good, but man he 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 could go he could be a welterweight right now. Wow, I'm not kidding. He's that thin. I haven't seen him since uh, Connecticut. I think I saw him out of Connecticut out there. Uh, I think it was there. Anyways, yeah, he did look like he lost a little bit of weight, but it, it just it's one of those things like my weight has stayed the same since I kind of stopped fighting, but the muscle tone has gone away. You don't physically look as big. Everyone's like, oh, you've lost so much weight. And I'm like, no, I actually weigh the same. Just the, <laughs> the muscle went from muscle to fat. And it just yeah, doesn't baby. It doesn't look the same. Hey, what are you talking about, man? Look at this. <laughs> like, like a Kobe beef cow, man. Smother some barbecue sauce on that, buddy. Oh, Jeez. man. Um. Yeah, I think I think it's a great thing for for the guys that are making the transition. I'm excited for Kane to see where it all leads. DC and the, the potential is definitely there. I'm surprised we never saw uh, uh, Chael ever do anything with them. Yeah, you that know, was that, one that, I really that, thought. 
Yeah, you know. Uh, and, Chael's and, so good with the gift of gab, being yeah. able to cut, you know, to stick with something. He comes up with lines that are just outstanding. Chael's the closest thing to either, I guess, Steve Austin or The Rock mm-hmm. from MMA. Yeah. You know, Connor's got a gift as far as he does it differently, but Chael's is a shtick, but it's a believable shtick. And it's good. You know, he's great at it. When, he's, when he says, he goes, there's six billion men. <laughs> he comes up with that. And you look at him and go, where the hell did you come up with that, man? Yeah. He's just great. I, I've always, I've said this for a while now, but I feel like Connor's trash talk it wouldn't have been so popular had first he not been like the first big Irish star to come out of Ireland. Like, and then on top of it, the accent. So the two things, you have a whole country behind you that's willing to back everything you say because they don't give a fuck because you're from their country and that's how they are. And I finally I finally got a taste of what it was like to be someone there as a fighter when we did yeah. Bellator, you know, two weeks ago there. And it was uh, Peter Queeley and Strabanimal and James Gallagher and the, like the, those guys. Yeah, yeah, B, there you go. B, uh, Crosby. Big like, Daddy Kiefer. B, yeah, he, it was just awesome to see the excitement, the energy that the crowd had behind him. But I've always felt that it, Conor McGregor wouldn't have had the success. I, it, being a fighter, yes, he would have, but not that much and not as much success uh, had he not been from Ireland and had he not had the accent. Because I feel like even. It showed a little bit too with Michael Bisbing. Like his accent carried over and it caught, it just, the things, the way that their slang is, the way that they talk, the way that they trash talk. Like, who the fuck is that? Like, that who is. Who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> Those are the things that stick around because the rest of them been like, who the fuck is that? Like, everyone would be like, oh, okay. But when yep. he said it in his accent with fuck versus fuck, Everyone went shit. They were making shirts for it. They were making <laughs> memes out of it. They were, people exploded. And I feel like certain people just have it. And the reason why I'm bringing this up right now is because we're going to roll right into Adesanya. He just has the it factor. Wow. He has it. He has it from the dance moves he showed on his walkout. <laughs> Come on. To- you got to be honest. Look at I love Dave Rickles. Dave Rickles, I thought, had the second greatest walkouts of all time. Genki Sudo yes. is the king. Genki Sudo had one from when he, I think he was fighting at deep or heat. I can't remember. He had an entire dance crew out there, much bigger than Adesanya's. Yeah. But it was a smaller version on a grander scale. Because yeah. you think 57,000 people Insane. all were tuned in to Israel Adesanya when those guys came out and started doing things they're probably thinking like what the hell and then you see Adesanya coming out and they start doing their little thing and he carried that all the way to the cage all the way into the cage and then he carried it into his fight you got to be absolutely impressed with the style bender and what he's done I mean he's only been there for a year and a half I did his kickboxing championship fights with glory and you know he was fantastic there he lost the fight that i did you know and i thought he actually won i thought he got ripped off but he's so good and, he, and we talked just for a little bit about mma back then and he was saying i'm, I'm going to be doing mma and i told him i said well, be sure you know look at different range it's a different game you can't strike the same way be sure you start working he goes john i've been working on my wrestling for the last five years don't worry about it that was, that was his comment, don't worry about it. I'm like, okay, I'll shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. But he is the closest thing, in my estimation, and he does some of the same things 
that Muhammad Ali did. And I'm not saying, you know, as far as the gab and everything, he's got a little bit of that going too, but his maneuvers in the cage, the yeah. way he fights, the lean back that he brings in. Ali used to do the lean back all the time and lean back and come forward, and instead of throwing a left hand because his body's played that way, lead right hand and then follows it up, and Adesanya does the same maneuver, same thing. And I'm watching, I'm going, God damn, he's like the second coming of Muhammad Ali in MMA. He's, he's unbelievable. I just looked, like you brought it up, is the 57,000 people in the arena, you got your guys that come out, and I was expecting the guys to start dancing around him. And then him just kind of walk to the cage. Instead, no, he comes out. He does the whole routine. Does the one-handed cartwheel. Stands up. It still calls it on. I mean, he... It, at any moment in someone's career, for them to be shitting themselves, that was the moment. And he wasn't oh, yeah. showing that at all. No! And He was and, so calm! And so the fact that he was so calm going in, I said either... He's just lost his fucking mind, or he really, really knows that he is this good. And, and I think in that, in that fight, he just understood. I, I, I am probably, he, he just realized he is the best in, in that weight class. I think as of right now, he's considered to be the best. He's the undisputed champion, and there's nothing you can say about it. And I thought he performed at the highest level from the, from the walkout to the dance moves to the, to the in-cage performance was absolutely amazing. Everything about him that night was was beautiful i thought he did a really good job of like you said the muhammad ali stuff where he kind of fades back a little bit and then throws the counter and he just lets his head movement do the work so he just leans back on that back leg and then comes back with a good counter he just also had some good his his timing his precision was very on point it reminded me a little bit of the conor mcgregor where he kind of like keeps the range with the wider stance you know and i'm not trying to I am kind of comparing him to Connor, but they're not the same. I'm just simply saying that wider stance. So the reason why I'm getting in it because you, you and I have had this conversation before. I, I don't want to quite put him in that category yet of John Jones, Connor McGregor, uh, you know. But but we're starting to see the guys that have the wide stance that are starting to take over that Lyoto Machida style stance. Look at Patricio Pitbull from Bellator. Okay, he has started to kind of take that stance. Henry Cejudo, Triple C, he's taking that stance. There's something behind that stance. They're trying to make the sh even the short guys who Patricio and Cejudo are the short guys. They're trying. To, they're they're taking that stance and they're having success with it. They're having a ton of success with it. What they're having success with it when this has always been when MMA started, it was hey you cannot blade your body like a boxer, because look, a boxer is blading his body close to, it's obviously the footwork's different, but he's blading his body because he's cutting his body in half and allowing you only to be able to use one of your hands, basically, to attack him. Mm -hmm. And when you start looking at the karate stance that Machida has, and then you see Conor McGregor does do the same thing, John Jones employs it, but he employs it in a different way with his footwork. But Adesanya is very much, you're absolutely right, very much like that. I thought the Adesanya, you know, Robert Whitaker fight, I thought Whitaker did a lot of good things, and I, and I, don't, I don't want to put him down in any fashion. He was, he was an outstanding champion. I thought he was a classy guy in defeat in this fight because obviously he's crushed by it, but, you know, handles it like a man and a, and a true winner. But he had his moments. He was doing good things. And I, I think he looked at what happened with Kelvin Gastelum 
against Adesanya. He tried to take some of those things that he thought Kelvin was successful with, but it's hard to it's hard to get that style when you don't have a guy that can mimic exactly what someone does, not you know in training. And again, as you know, you've always said it, and it's so true. Training is done at a speed that is not meant to hurt you. And so it's very hard to replicate that in-ring speed that happens in a real fight. And I thought that the, the fight came about and looked very similar to what happened when Conor McGregor fought Eddie Alvarez. Conor came up and fought Eddie Alvarez for the lightweight title. And Eddie was trying to lunge in and attack Conor. And Conor was just absolutely in control of the range and distance of the fight and would just lean back a little bit, let that shot go one inch from him, and then step forward and land that left hand. Well, Adesanya was doing the same thing in that fight with Whitaker. Whitaker was extending, sometimes overextending, but even when he didn't overextend, he was still taking shots. And that, the first round, that last shot he took, that, you know, the ended that, and man, if that round was long, you know, 15 seconds longer, I don't know if we go to a second round. He was hurt badly, and you could see it when he got up. You know, Adesanya just had the range on him, and he was he was uncomfortable with the range, and you could see how relaxed Adesanya was with it and how he was developing his counters and his offense off of it. Yeah, I, I, I think people, I think, are going to be quick to dismiss uh, dismiss Whitaker now. Oh, he yeah, lost that, which is crazy because I believe he's, what, 28, 29 years old. I think this this will this is not going to be the last time we see him probably fight for the title. He may fight for it again, and he probably would even fight for it again soon with a big win over someone. You know, um, there's that. But then also too, I also when I take fights like this, and I'm going to be the negative Nancy because that's kind of what I am. I think is <laughs> I sometimes will blame the corners, and I blame the corners for the coaching in the in the in the in the corner. What he should have, what your corner should have said was. You got to find something, maybe kind of mix it up. There was never really any wrestling involved. You should have maybe tried it in the beginning of the second round. At least make Adesanya think about the takedown or think about the clinch against the fence or press him there and then go ahead and break. Because I, one minute sometimes is not enough to get your wits back about you and then remember what your corner said. He got dropped right at the end of that first round. And he needed to basically get his wits back about him. And I felt like in the corner, should have been telling them, hey, let's punch our way into the clinch. Let's press him against the fence a little bit. Do a little bit of dirty boxing and some kneeing, whatever. And then when you feel ready for it, let's break away and let the hands go and continue with our game plan. Or let's maybe try to get a takedown and get on yeah. top and just wear him out. Make him think about something else. I think that the game plan in the first round, it just showed that they were, like you said, they were taking parts of what Gaslam did well, and they were trying to implement it. But I feel that I feel like Gaslam's maybe a little bit faster than um, than Whitaker. Than Whitaker? Than Whitaker? I don't think so. You don't think so? Really? No, I, I felt don't. Like, I felt like Gaslam was able to hide behind maybe like dipping his head and coming in and landing some I shots. I think Gaslam has better head movement and Got is it. more elusive inside coming into range. Whitaker's head is straight down the middle, and yeah. that's a problem, and that's what Adesanya saw is, oh, he leaves his head right down the center line. It's an easy shot for me. Okay. Okay. You know, but I, I, I actually like the speed of what Whitaker does. He's, he's got fast hands. He's yeah. got quick kicks. You know, they come up fast. I, it was just that he was attempting, you know, 73-inch reach compared to an 83-inch yeah. reach. 
that's a lot to get past. And so if you're not the guy that's going to sit there and say, I'm going to go and I'm going to work towards a clinch, and you're going to try to outbox, kickbox, you know, a, a world champion kickboxer, that's going to be a rough one. You know, that's that's Joe Frazier's style, man. You got it. You're going to take a lot of lumps yeah. to get in there and do your work. But you got to, I think, and I, I put, like I said, I'm going back to putting a little bit of the blame on the corner. You got to make the adjustments in between rounds. Yeah. You know, and I understand the first round, you're waiting for the round to end so you can make the adjustments. But the round was close. I think the round, the first round was close. The first I, one, yeah, absolutely. Until the end. And then he got dropped. And, okay, look, now we're down. Let's get our wits back about us. Let's make some adjustments. Let's try to maybe threaten the takedown a little bit. Let's mix it up a little bit more. And yeah. and I didn't, and there was, I didn't, I don't recall hearing that come ever come out of the corner's mouth. I, I don't think I don't think Whitaker ever even attempted to take yeah. that. Yeah, he didn't even no, look I don't, like he thought about it. No, and so the, I feel like those type of adjustments need to be made. From the, I blame some of the adjustments in the between the corners. Had he come out and shot and didn't get it, and then then eventually got clipped, I'd be like, all right, well look, they they tried something new to mix it up, didn't work. But you could tell it seemed like, and like I, I agree with what you're saying, it didn't even seem like it was on his mind. I was like, let's nope. just go out there and just keep doing what we're doing, and let's just hope for the best. Yeah, well, it, it you never know, but no. it looked like the game plan was, hey, we're going to stand with this guy. Right. And that's where I look and I go, God, you know, that's like saying I'm going to out-wrestle, you know, Khabib. I'm going to out, you know, I'm going to out-freaking-strike Connor. Yeah, that's probably not the smartest game plan. Yeah. You know, I always want to go, you know, my old man, you say, never fight another man's game, you know, never mm -hmm. play another man's game. And it's like, if he's got a weakness and you're not exploiting that weakness, you're not very bright. Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes you can get drawn into a fight that you didn't plan on fighting that way. And your emotions take over and things like that. Maybe, you know, Whitaker's emotions were high. But like you said, it was the, the composure of Adesanya with 57,000 people there. Because you can look, yeah. man, that dude, he can fight at that pace that he was... <laughs> With Whitaker in, he could go 20 rounds like that. Wow. He was, he had no strain. He was relaxed. He wasn't, he wasn't exerting himself in any fashion, and just lightly touching him at times, and then <laughs> cranking it over and giving a big shot, a la the you know Nick Nate Diaz type of fighting. And that's what you do if you're throwing you know heated missiles the entire time. You're gonna burn yourself out. He was just trying to touch him. So, like I was saying earlier, though, talking about when you're talking about the, the distance and the range, the Eddie Alvarez and Connor fight, guys that kind of rush in, and we're seeing a lot of these guys now make the transition over. A guy that fought in Bellator on Friday night was um, Yamuchi. Yeah. He has a very similar style. He fought Sadawad, and he has that style of, like, the wider stance. But like you and I talked about, he doesn't shoot. Guys put themselves in, in the range of, like, they want to wrestle and grapple with him, and he's got, now he leads Bellator with the most submissions ever in Bellator he's, history. He's got the greatest gift of all. He's got the Jedi mind meld, man. He he go, looks at the guy, goes like that, and all of a sudden they're going, I'm going to take you down. Yeah. It's like, he's like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he doesn't have a great wrestling background. He really doesn't even work. I know, look, he, he knows a double leg takedown. He knows a single leg takedown. But you watch his fights, he never even really goes for the takedown. He allows his opponent to take him down. And they all do it because they all think, oh, I hurt him or something like that. And he just goes down. 
and I had asked, you know, Syed Awad before the fight, I said, so, you know, obviously, in my mind, you want to be the stand-up guy in this. You want to be the guy that's on your feet and dictating the, the pace and range of this fight. I go, if it goes to the ground, are you going to work to just get yourself up? He goes, no. He goes, I, I have no fear of being on the ground with him. I go, you have no fear of being on the ground with him? And he goes, not at all. He goes, Look, John, my last submission was 10 years ago, and it was because I actually had a bone sticking out of my hand, and the guy squeezed my hand, and I couldn't take it, so I, now I tapped out. Other than that, I don't get submitted. And when he hit the ground and you saw, you know, he went for the arm bar, you saw a wad, he defended, got his head back inside, and then decided, I'm going to go for these hammer fists. And I was thinking, no, don't do that. Yeah. And he goes to the end, it's right away, Yamauchi adjusts. He did everything perfect. You can look at everything he's doing. You look at his legs, look at where his knees are pinching, look at his hip extension. It's like that's technically how you do an armbar. And it was just perfectly done. And he, he's got that thing about the guys that are going to give him trouble. If you are a long, lanky fighter a la Syed Awad, man, you're, you got you to be very careful. And the guys are going to give Yamauchi trouble are the guys that are built like a bulldog. Yeah. You know, Chandler gave him some problems on the ground. A pit bull would give him some problems because, you know, they're just not going to extend that limb out. And so that's the harder guy to submit for him. But, you know, he, he went against, you know, Adam Piccolotti, who I have a ton of respect for. He's a top-level, real black belt, real wrestler. He's got a fantastic grappling game and took Yamauchi down, and Yamauchi quickly got his back and choked him, you know, to the point he had to tap. And it's like, if you can do that to that level of guy, Yep, you're special. And now he's got the record for the most submissions in Bellator. Yeah, I trained a long time with Justin Wilcox and a bunch of other guys that are kind of shorter and stout. And those are the worst guys to try and submit. First off, Justin Justin Wilcox was not stout. <laughs> Justin Wilcox was built like a brick shithouse. <laughs> okay. Was. God put muscles on that guy's eyeballs. It was crazy. <laughs> it was insane. It, when people would see him at the weigh-ins, be like, "Oh, what are you here for? Like a bodybuilding competition?" He's <laughs> so big, oh. so big. Dude, I looked at that guy the first time I read from him. I said, "Who the fuck put that guy together?" You know, he's just unbelievable. Can you imagine that he used to be like two forty? Yeah, that's yeah. Crazy. I could, I could, because you know what? He looked about two twenty when he fought. Yeah, yeah. he freaking looked huge. I couldn't believe he would make one because he started at one fifty-five. Yeah. And then went to 45. Yeah. It was like, just, I don't know, you got hollow bones. It's just those guys. Like, that those, that body style is going to give a good jiu-jitsu guy problems, especially uh, after they get sweaty. So, Chandler, yep. it's, it's only common that Yamauchi would have a hard time with someone like Chandler or Patricio or someone like that along those lines uh, that are shorter and stocky. But you give somebody like Adam Pluck, like I agree with you, Adam Piccolotti is an amazing grappler, phenomenal wrestler. He does really good in the scrambles. But once he got connected and latched on with uh, Yamauchi, there was nowhere for him to go. Yamauchi just sunk in the choke, got to the back, and it was like, wow, this is done. I couldn't believe it. It happened quick, too. Happened quick. Just one of those. <laughs> Real quick. Yeah. yeah it's so. like, I mean, fantastic performance by Yamauchi. What's he, like 23 and 4? Now 24 and 4? Yeah. You know, he's dangerous. You got to watch. It's, it almost comes down to that whole thing. That there's, it's just about matchups. You know, because I look at Adesanya, we've been talking about him. And, 
You know, I would love. We there's two guys in Bellator, and one used to be with the UFC, Gegard Mousasi, mm-hmm. at 185. He's gonna give. He would give Adesanya hell. Yes. Yeah, and, or the guy who's the champ. Look, if Lovato got, not saying he's going to, not saying anything about it, but trust me, that fight hit the ground, it's over. Yeah. Adesanya does not have the skills to stop what Lovato Jr. does. No. You know, and so that's the kind of matchup that, you know, we're, we're going to have to see. I really don't see anybody in the UFC at this moment in the middleweights that brings that skill set. You know, you, you got, you know, you, you got Yoel Romero, great wrestler, but he doesn't wrestle. You know, he stands up and bangs, and I think he kind of fits into, if, if he doesn't wrestle, he fits into exactly what Adesanya would want. You know, you can look at other guys. Weidman's moving up to light heavyweight. You know, he's not going to be a middleweight. Luke's either light heavyweight or whatever he's modeling or whatever he's going to do. Who's the guy at middleweight there that's going to be able to bring the skill set that's going to challenge Adesanya. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. There's really I just, not a lot. I think the weight class jump, too, from 70 to 85 is so big that you won't see any of the guys at 170 trying to come up to beat him. You know, there was there was a little bit of talk about GSP potentially. if there no. was, But I don't think so. GSP is, I think, waiting for the Khabib fight if that fight was to ever have the potential of happening. If he was going to fight again, I think it would have to be Khabib. I think it, that's the guy that uh, GSP was looking to fight. Um, I mean, outside of that, who like we were talking about outside? Who would you think would be next? Yoel Romero or Costa is supposed to be next, right? Yeah, Paulo Costa is supposed to be next. You know, Boracina is the guy that they're talking about, and he uh-huh. beat Yoel. And you know, in a is that a split decision? I can't remember, but beat Yoel. And to me, he's tailor made for Adesanya. Hmm. You know. Paulo is not a ground fighter. He is a stand-up fighter. He's, you know, look, he looks fantastic. I'm not saying anything about it. He looks like a, a Greek god. Everyone looks at him and goes, oh, my God. It's the body style of the Adesanya, the body style of the John Jones, the Anderson Silva. Yeah. These are the body styles, the Gegard Mousasi. These are the body styles that make the best MMA fighters there are. Not the guys that are just jacked with muscles. That's not the guy, man. It's it's the guy that's got that long, lean look. The, he's got the long levers. He's got leverage strength, and they all have that. That's you know the body type. And although Paulo Costa looks good, he's going to go out. He's going to throw haymakers at Adesanya. He's going to throw a lot of heat at him. And if he cannot catch him with one of those in the first two rounds, you saw what happened with him in, in Yoel Romero. He's going to burn out. And in a five-round fight, say goodbye. It's over. Yoel, I, the back to Yoel, I think that if he uses his wrestling, he could potentially get Adesanya out of there quick. Could if could. he used his wrestling. Because if you look at some of the history when he fought, I want to say he fought um, uh, God, the, the fucking alligator. What was his name? Uh, Jacare. Yeah. Jacare. When he fought Jacare, as soon as he got on top of Jacare, fight was done. Just nasty ground and pound. No, I, that fight went two more rounds. Come on. I thought he put him away and knocked him out. No, you're thinking of Lyoto Machida. Ah. I did the Lyoto Machida fight, but Yoel Romero stood up for two rounds. And in the third round, took Lyoto down yep. and put him away. God. And what you ha- look and you go, why? Why are you doing that? <laughs> 
What happened? With the, they refresh my memory with the uh, with the Jacare uh, Jacare fight. Jacare in the first round, Yoel Romero hurt him, put him down, got on top of him, pounded the dog snot out of him. But the round ended. Jacare gets back up. He was hurt badly. Mm -hmm. Gets back, goes to his corner, and then in a lot of people's minds, he wins the next two rounds. You could say that he didn't win the second. Okay, he definitely won the third, and that's why everyone. Right is looking at saying, oh, Jacare won the fight. The, the second is close. It's easy in the first, and it's easy in the third. It's that second round that's the determining factor on that fight. But, you know, Jacare came back after Yoel had hurt him and was on top of him. And again, Yoel did not take him down to the ground after that. God, I got it. I'm trying to remember that it must have been the Machito fight. Because as soon as the fight hit the ground, I remember him just... Oh, nasty yeah. ground up pound. The oh, fight was done. He hit him with some elbows, man. It's like I would I couldn't move fast enough to stop that. One. <laughs> but <laughs> like so my point is is for him to be able to get in there, like you said, if he stays standing, he's tailor made for Adesanya. If he if he goes in and mixes up the wrestling and gets to the top position, he could end up walking away with the title. Oh but yeah. No how, doubt. But how old is he? Forty four now? Forty three? Uh, Forty two. Somewhere in there, not a lot of time left. And I even saw something the other day with George, uh, with uh, Mazadal trying to like, basically push Pump for him. Yeah, push for him to get his title shot because look at, that's, look that's at, his boy. Look at George Mazadal, man. Uh, you talk about a guy that has been, you know, had a very, you know, good career, but had had his high points, and then every every time he got to that level, you know, he'd, he'd get that loss. And all of a sudden, man, you know, a couple of wins. He had that win against Till. And then that knockout against Ben Askren. People can say, say whatever they want about Ben Askren. He made a superstar out of, out yep. of George Masvidal, yes, which did. is awesome. George deserves it. He's a great guy. Yep. He's, I've known him for the longest time, from Strikeforce days and, all, yep. and being around. He's always been probably one of the most respected and most, most respectful guys I've ever been around. You know, and considering we both fought in the same weight class for years. You know, he always said, like, yeah, I'd like to fight Josh, but he said it in a very respectful way. And I've always been like, man, fuck, I ain't fighting that dude. <laughs> I was like, nah, nah, give me somebody else. Fuck that. Yeah. No way. <laughs> I said the same thing about Antonio McKee. I remember before I got signed to the UFC, they kept trying to give me every promotion was trying to get Antonio McKee matched up to fight. And they came to Bob Cook, I don't know how many times, hey, you know, hey, we have uh, Antonio McKee, and he's like, nah, Josh better get signed to the UFC. We're good. <laughs> he's like, nah, <laughs> nah, we're good. We're not trying to. We're not trying to have that type of fight right now. <laughs> it was like one of those fights. There's certain guys, man. You just, you just didn't want to fight. You know, at, the, at that at time, certain times in your career, it's like, man. Well, nah, especially because when you know, in fighting them, you knew how tough they were. Yeah. But you didn't get any credit if you beat them. Yeah. You know, it was yep. like, oh, you're supposed to beat them, and it's like, dude. You're talking about that is just a stone cold killer as far as what they do. Antonio may not have been exciting most of the time, yeah. but he was suffocating. Yep. You know? That was my were, concern. My concern yeah. was being stuck on the bottom, just shooting submission after submission after submission and losing the rounds. And yep. that was the problem because you knew, look, I, sure, I could stop maybe one, maybe two takedowns. And as the fight went on, though, you weren't stopping them anymore. And I was like, man. This is going to be one of them fights. Just if you don't get the submission, which you just you, – I watched him compete too many times to realize – How many people was, got the submission it, on Antonio? Exactly, and that was the thing. And I was like, yeah, this ain't going to happen, man. I, I'm good. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass. I'll just fight somebody else and sign my contract to the UFC at another time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I mean, what other fights were the Lorenz Larkin and uh, Korshkov fight? Man, I thought that was a great fight. Phenomenal. I love that fight. And it was that fight, you know, I, it was easy. Andre won the first round. You know, Lorenz comes back, and Lorenz put on a freaking firestorm of shots on Andre in the second round. He lit him up sometimes. Hit him with some big knees. I'll give Koroshkov credit, man. He took some shots and yeah. kept fighting. He was in trouble. I gave that round as a 10-8 to Lorenz Larkin, and every judge should have. They all didn't, but they all should have. Two of them did, I believe, and it was a matter of the third round. And, and what I saw in the third round was Lorenz was trying to put Koroshkov away with the big shot. He was marching him down. Korshkov is now diving for the takedown. He did a couple, you know, up against Cage, you know, a couple knees, a couple body kicks at each, you know, they each landed and stuff. But in the end, there was a guillotine attempt by Lorenz. At one point, it was good. It was probably about three to four seconds that, hey, that's tight. Korshkov does the right thing, you know, presses in, gets his neck where it's safe, and Lorenz realizes it, lets go of it, and... They end up against Cage, and from that point, really, I got a guy in Koroshkov wrestling. He's putting both hands together. He, you know, he's, he's clasping his hands together, but he's around the waist as Larkin's got his back on the cage, and Larkin starts just hitting him with little shots, elbows to the head, and that's the difference. I got one guy that's doing what we call fighting, and one guy that is simply wrestling. Now, if you want to win this fight, you can wrestle. There comes a point you got to let go of those hands and bring a shot up, do something that's showing you you're trying to end this fight. You're trying to put this guy away. Yeah. And that never happened in the end, and that's why I gave the round to Larkin. I thought the right guy won. Yeah, I think Lorenz is one of those guys that um, he had a little bit of a rough patch when he first came over from the UFC, came to Bellator, and he just he kind of had that ben, Benson Henderson, like, he wanted the tough fights. They gave him the tough fights, and it yep. didn't, go, didn't go his way when they first came over. And um, but you know, I think now he's finally found his rhythm and his home, and I think he's he's gonna get back on track. You know, I mean, he he, got, he wanted to fight all the, the top guys when he first got here, and he got they they gave him to him, and he had a hard go. And then now he's finally set his dug his heels in, and I feel like he's found his home now. He's good. He's he's right where he needs to be. It's just gonna take some time. Like he's figuring out who these guys are. The hardest part for a guy to come from one promotion to the next, at least that's the way I felt when I, every time I went from UFC to Pride, Pride to Strike Force, Strike Force to Dream, was that when you're in your own organization, you watch the guys that you fight. Yep. You know, sure, you still watch, you still watch the other organizations, but you don't follow and those you also, guys. You also hear things. Yes, very you true. Know, I, you just do, and those little yeah. things sometimes. Oh, okay. And you start when you're going to train for that guy. You you utilize that information, yeah. and that's good. You're and those to. And those are things you don't always hear when you're fighting someone from another organization because the buzz isn't around them. Like I can give you guys, I give you guys for instance. I'm in a room surrounded by. Daniel Cormier, Kane, Koscheck, Fitch—all these guys were all in the UFC for years, and I was with the—I was with the UFC before they got there. And when I came back and I was with them again, during that process when I was with Strikeforce, we never talked about like the guys that we were like because I—I I didn't know the guys they were fighting. I'm like, oh, you're fighting. I like, I just didn't even care, you know. Yeah. And so, 
I, it was like it was kind of like UFC guys and Strike Force guys. We were kind of like separate pages. It was like this guy, this group's on this. We were all teammates. We all trained together. Yeah. We were all this. But like when it came to like promotional stuff, we all did our own thing. Cause you know, oh, you're on the other team. Oh, you're on the other team. It was like that. But when it comes down to the guys that leave another promotion, right, and then I you go to that other organization, you have to you have to make sure that you know who those guys are and how well do you really know them. And the reason why when I had first came back over to the UFC, they had offered me a couple guys that I had never heard of my first fight. And I said, no, I just fought for the Strike Force title and I, and I lost to Gil in a close split decision. And I said, no, I want to get give me a give me a top 10 guy. And they brought Gil over and put him against Benson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. So then I said, okay, well, then, you know, it's only fair if that's going to be the case. Then give me somebody like Nate. Or, and I asked for him specifically because I had seen him fight so many times. And Who'd I'm you ask for? Nate Diaz. And I was, oh, okay. I was a huge fan. He had just lost to Benson. And I was, I was a huge fan. And I was like, look, I, this is a, you know, this, these are the kind of fights. When you, I knew who he was. I knew how he fought. I knew it was a tough fight. And that, that kind of motivated me and got me up. But what my point is, is when these guys come over from other organizations, you should try to ask for someone you've seen fight before or somebody who has a really shitty record. Because you got to get that... <laughs> You got to get that first fight in there because that first fight's always the hardest. It's always the one that you think's not going to bother you, but it is. Look at look at um, when Quentin came over from Pride, right? Who did he fight? Marvin Eastman, I think, was his first fight. Yep. He didn't look great. I mean, sure, he still won, but he didn't look phenomenal. I want to say in the second round he finished him, right? Yeah, but did you ever see Quentin against Marvin the first time? No, I didn't. I don't think so. Okay. See, because I was there for, I was there for both of them. I refereed one of them. But I was there for the first one, and I was in the crowd, and I'm watching, and I watch a guy. Quentin looked so funny because he had, he had black shorts on, and he had white freaking athletic socks all pulled all the way up to his knees, and he's wearing wrestling shoes, right? And Was this think, King of the Cage? This was. Yes. Marvin Eastman's wearing a wrestling singlet, right? <laughs> and Marvin Eastman kicks Quentin in the head, no block at all, chin to dome. And I watched Quentin take a step back and look at him and shake his head and just come forward. I went, oh, who, the, no. who the hell is that guy? <laughs> right? <laughs> I, three times he got kicked in the head and just shook it off. And I was like, oh, dude, that dude's your worst nightmare, man. You Fuck. can't hurt him. <laughs> and then crazy. You know, he had a great career and you know, has done an you know, amazing. And everyone knows Quentin's got a granite for a chin. Man. Yes, no. he does. But he's, he's a funny dude. Oh, man. Crazy stuff. Yeah, crazy. The, yeah. He, in fact, it was you know you're right. Quentin in that when he came over, they wanted to put him against Chuck right away, uh -huh. and he didn't want that. Yeah, you know he did not want that at all. And then they, as soon as he beat Marvin, they said, "Nope, you know you're you're going to fight Chuck because Dana looked at it like, oh, I'm going to get Chuck his his revenge match yeah. against Quentin." That never quite materialized. <laughs> not the way they. Not the way they. Not thought. the way they thought. Not the way I thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I've, I've seen it. We've seen it from Benson when he came over. He had a rough patch. You know, we've seen it with Larkin when he came over. He had a rough patch. I mean, outside of Roy McDonald just fighting a very smart fight against Paul Daly, he's probably the one that's had the most success that's come over right from the beginning. Even Gegard had a tough fight against Shomenko, his first oh, fight. Oh, yeah. You know, that was a really tough fight. Actually, it was so close. It was one of those, ah, he could have gave it either guy. No, you know? Gegard won it. So they got the right guy, but it was again. Shlomenko wins the third round, mm -hmm. 
And what do you remember? You yep. remember that. And so hey, I saw that guy winning at the end. Well, it also didn't help that Gegard's eye was swollen shut. Oh, yeah. You he know, broke from, his orbital. Yeah, so he was, his eye was swollen shut, and the fact that he was still fighting was fucking impressive. And uh, I, thought, I thought he had a phenomenal win, and that was a good win for him considering it was his first fight there, and then the, the rest is history. I mean, he came on to be world champion, and, you know. Um, but, yeah. I mean, those were like just guys that are coming over. It's not it's not always the easiest and they've got to make sure they try to pick guys they can fight. And the whole point is this. And this is where guys just lose it. The top guys, I don't care what organization they're in. They can fight with anybody. Yeah. You know, they are absolutely it's little tiny differences that, you know, makes that difference in getting the win or coming away with a loss. You know, it's not, it's not this, oh, I've, you know, I have this UFC patch on my, you know, lapel longer than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't mean anything, man. Yeah. It's about that night. You better be prepared because when you're looking at, yeah, the top five, six, seven, eight in any organization, on any given night, they can beat anybody in the world. Let's, let's, let's like shift gears. I'm shifting. Let's go. I wanted to talk to you about this because he's one of my closest friends, um, and I wanted to get your figure. Anthony Johnson returning at heavyweight. Yeah. Chance a good chance, or if it's not already been signed, he's fighting in Ghana. His first fight. Does that put him with a win over in Ghana? Does that put him as the next title shot? First off, you're giving him a win against Ngano. Why? You know, I don't know yet. <laughs> You're you're thinking that way. I can see it. No, I'm giving him the win because I feel that I feel that his punches are straighter. He he throws his punches straighter. I think that he's potentially. I've never really worked or done anything with Ngannou. I've trained a lot with AJ. Uh, with AJ, mm-hmm. he's yeah. extremely fast. But oh, yeah. will he be as fast carrying that weight? That's two. That scares no. me a little bit. No. But he still has that fast twitch. Yes, he does. Straight, straight punches. Will he get to Ngannou's chin before, before Ngannou, Ngannou, Ngannou gets, gets to, to his. his? That's the question. Uh, his, here, here's, here's the one question for you. How many people have finished Ngannou? I don't know. I don't think, I don't think anyone has. No, now you had a really horrible fight yeah. against... Stipe. Well, that one was, you know, he got... Out, a glaring weakness was exposed. Yeah. All right. And now maybe Anthony would look at that and say, hey, that, that might be part of what I want to do because at one time, Anthony tried to out wrestle DC. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go back to it. You know, yeah. I did, I did both of those. And it was like, in the second one, I'm like, what? And what's going through my head is, what in the world are you thinking? Yeah. You know, you are a, a guy that can put anybody out at any time with your hands and you are playing into this man's game. He, yeah. he, you have to work harder to keep doing this than he does to stop it. And that's just not a good game plan when you're a guy that is known to start to gas out a little bit. But I look at Ngano, he had a he had you know a bad fight against Stipe. He had a bad fight against Derek Lewis where he didn't do anything. You know, he didn't pull the trigger. And then he's come back and he's had some big wins because if I sat here right now and told you uh, Josh, I'm going to put Cain Velasquez against Anthony Johnson. Who are you going to pick? You're going to pick Cain. Yeah. And who did Ngano just beat? Yeah. All right. So now look, I'm not saying that Anthony can't beat him. Mm-hmm. But 
that that's a tall order coming back off of yeah. a very long layoff. That is not what I would, if I was in Anthony's camp, if I was someone that was trying to take care of him, that is not the fight I would put him in the first go. I would, I would absolutely put him in against someone, not so much to elevate his status. I would put him in that to get him back into competition without putting him in against somebody that can hit like he can hit. So that goes back to when you negotiate your contract, though, when the back of the day, AJ said, look, yeah, I'm willing to come back, but for a million dollars. Well, that puts you, know. you when you're getting paid. Let's just assume. I mean, like, I'll make the assumption he's coming back. He's coming back at heavyweight. And right. well, he there's look, he can't get down. It would take him forever to get back down to 205. Right? And he fought, you know, let, let's be honest. AJ has fought at heavyweight. All right, you know, he had a fight against Andre Arlovsky when he was in uh, the World Series of Fighting. Yeah. You know, so he's fought at heavyweight, I think, on multiple occasions. And so mm-hmm. that's a, it's not a bad weight class for him. No. But he he is carrying at least 40 more pounds of weight, if not more, right now. If he stepped in the cage, that's a lot of weight. Your heart doesn't grow in size. It just yeah. grows in what the amount of blood it's got to pump to all that muscle. And let's not be mistaken, he's never been a cardio king, okay? Let's, <laughs> exactly. That's so what, now that's you, you've added point. that much more muscle and that much more weight on you, it's a little bit harder to keep yeah. the pace. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm excited to see. I think if the money is what it is, if it is, that's the reason why he said he would eventually come back, and if that's why he's back, I can see why they're telling him they want him to fight Ngannou first. I would, yeah. like, I would like to honestly see him fight someone like Derek Lewis. That would be a rather, I'd rather see that be a first fight. Yep. Than him and Ngannou. And then Derek Lewis has got heavy hands. You know, not the yeah, best takedown the, defense. He does but have heavy fun hands. Fight. But he doesn't have speed. No, but it would be a fun mm-hmm. fight. Oh, it would be a fun fight. Yeah. AJ's way faster yeah. than Derek. And, you know, look at Derek, especially if he gets on top of you, he's nasty. He's dangerous. But a guy that has speed and footwork can do a lot of damage to Derek while he's in the stand-up. And AJ, that would be a much better fight for him. And so, hey, all right, take 500000 instead of the million. It's a good payday. And then get yourself into that million-dollar structure with guys like Nagano and Stipe and that. True. True. I guess, I mean, maybe it just takes less of the first fight, like you're saying, and then uh, moves on up to the next pay scale. You know, it's, it's, it's not about, you know, it's where do you want to be? You got to have a plan. All right? And if you're... You don't have to always jump three spaces to get ahead. That's where I want to be. Sometimes hitting those each one of those stones and putting your mark down on it gets you where you want to be. So when you are there, you're prepared and you can take that further step beyond. Yeah, don't don't be in a hurry. You know, being in a hurry sometimes is going to be a very negative thing in the impact it has on your career. You mean there's no get rich fast plan? I thought that was I thought, thought that was out there. Yeah, I, it's out there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. we I just have, we haven't figured it out yet. That's it. Um, <clears throat> all right, my man. Is there anything else? No, I'll see you in Milan. We got a couple, We got a lot of good fights, good kickboxing fights, and we got Gabriel Varga, the champ, who's yep. uh, putting his uh, title on the line against Faustino, who's a good fighter. I think Gabriel is a the better fighter in that, but. We also get to see Chinga, you know, Chinga's uh, Al- 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 Alazov. I can't, mm-hmm. can't even say his name now, but 
He is a monster. You're going to love watching him. That dude is a beast. I think as an amateur, he was like, I could be wrong. Let's say 268 and four as an amateur. As a pro, he's now, I think, 59. Hey, the guy he's fighting, so you know, has had 343 professional fights. All right? And he's 33 years of age, and you figure this one out. If he started when he was 16, which I know he started fighting earlier than that professionally, but we don't want to talk about what they do in Thailand. <laughs> but even at that, that's like 20 fights a year for this whole time. I mean... That's an active man. <laughs> that's crazy. It's crazy to think that that's what those guys do. It's almost like like the fighting is just the, the regular sparring session for them at the gym. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Same thing. I mean, I think that those guys normally just fight at their normal walk around weight. They're not trying to cut weight. Maybe like a pound or two, but. Oh, they cut. You think they anything? cut? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. They not cut. Week, I'm no. telling you right now. I wouldn't be doing that weekly. F that. <laughs> get out of your damn mind. Never get um, to eat any of that good stuff. No. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, make sure you guys tune in. We are on Paramount this week coming up for the Milan Italy show. If you guys get opportunity and chance, hit the subscribe button on YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Hit those uh, subscribe buttons. Also on the YouTube channel, hit the thumb up. The thumb up shares our video to everyone else that follows MMA and likes sports, boxing, combative sports. That'll share our videos to them since we're talking about MMA as well as boxing on some occasions. Because Big John is the, the man that knows about the boxing quite a bit more than I. We didn't talk about Triple G, but we next didn't. Time. Yeah, next time. We should. <laughs> it's all right. It's all good. I heard it was. I we will get the. Well, I actually have to. I haven't had a chance to watch the fight, so that's why we got to. The Reverend Chaco going to the body. I heard it was God, a great dude. fight. I thought. I thought he beat him. I thought Triple Ooh. G, Triple G did not win that fight. I had, you know, it was close, but in the end, Devrancheco, man, that guy, he deserved that fight. I, it's a different, it's different when you're watching it on, you know, the TV and you get all the angles. The the judges don't get that, but you know, he did. Triple G had a knockdown in the first round. That's a 10-8 round. That's basically what he won by. But, and I'm telling you what, mm -hmm. he took. You could see. The body shots he was taking were killing him. He was going backwards, and you don't see Triple G no, go backwards. No, I'm telling you, awesome fight, awesome fight. All right, I'm gonna have All to right. watch it now. We're gonna have to break it down <laughs> next time we talk. All right, guys. Well, hey, make sure you guys uh, follow Big John. Also, what is it? Oh, John McCarthy MMA on Instagram and Twitter, and hey, ask us questions. Yep. I think we need to do another uh, uh, fan question day. Get those things. We'll answer those off. Yeah, I, I, mean, I enjoy those because then, yeah, um, fun. yeah, I enjoy them because I like to see all the sh trash talk people give me. So I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Hey, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, like I said, hit the thumbs up and hit the subscribe button and please share our videos. I appreciate it. Thank you. See you guys later. Later.